Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Acts chapter 14 from the World English Bible. In Iconium, they entered together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude both of Jews and of Greeks believed. But the disbelieving Jews stirred up and embittered the souls of the Gentiles against the brothers. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who testified to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. When some of both the Gentiles and the Jews, with their rulers, made a violent attempt to mistreat and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to the cities of Lyconia, Lystra, Derbe, and the surrounding region. There they preached the good news. At Lystra a certain man sat, impotent in his feet, a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. He was listening to Paul speaking, who, fastening eyes on him, and seeing that he had faith to be made whole, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. He leaped up and walked. When the multitude saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice, saying in the language of Lyconia, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. They called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercury, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Jupiter, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gate and would have made a sacrifice along with the multitudes. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their clothes and sprang into the multitude, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like passions with you and bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to the living God who made the sky, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who in generations gone by allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he didn't leave himself without witness, in that he did good and gave you rains from the sky and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Even saying these things, they hardly stopped the multitudes from making a sacrifice to them. But some Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But as the disciples stood around him, he rose up and entered into the city. On the next day he went out with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the good news to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that through many afflictions we must enter into God's kingdom. When they had appointed elders for them in every assembly and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they had believed. They passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. When they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Ataliah. 
From there, they sailed to Antioch, from where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. When they had arrived and had gathered the assembly together, they reported all the things that God had done with them, and that he had opened a door of faith to the nations. They stayed there with the disciples for a long time. That is the end of chapter 14. If you look at a map showing the places mentioned in this journey, you'll see they are all clustered on the island of Cyprus and the mid-southern region of a large, the large peninsula that we now call Turkey, but what was then known as Asia, maybe Asia Minor. I didn't see that on the map, but that seems to come to mind. So estimating using the map legend, all of these towns in this mid-southern section of Asia there are roughly 25 miles from each other, and they're all in the region of Lyconia. It seems there were Jews and Gentiles in the synagogue in Iconium. Now, I looked up multitude. Both Strong's and Vines say it just means a large number, a company or assembly, so we're not given an exact number, but it was more than just a few. In the World English Bible footnote, it says that the disbelieving, that is the description of the Jews, could also be translated disobedient. I wonder if they get this particular label because the Jews had God's clear revelation for them to read and then to not believe is to be disobedient to generations worth of scripture in their keeping. And as Paul describes in Acts 13, 27, the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath. In verse 3, it has what we would consider a transitional conjunction, therefore. The word that is translated, therefore, here is apparently similar to amen in that it is sometimes translated truly or in fact or indeed. Um, it is translated in Matthew 3.11, where John the Baptist is saying, I indeed baptize with water. So, here in Acts, it does not necessarily mean that they stayed there because of the stirring up, but there is still some contrast to the previous phrase. I readily admit that I am not a student of Greek besides studying Strong's and Vines to get some insight, but because the conjunction there in English was not quite how we would say it today, I was trying to get a better understanding of that. So the disbelieving Jews and the embittered Gentiles were not keeping Paul and Barnabas from speaking the gospel or doing signs and wonders at first. However, finally, they did have to flee in order to avoid being stoned, which is when they headed to the other cities in the region of Lyconia. The scene with the crippled man at Lystra is much abused by faith healers. The faith here is not some power the man had in himself, but it is his comprehension and willingness, willingness to accept what God could do for and to him. And again, we see the healed person has to act upon it. He had to choose to heed Paul and get up. In Acts 3, 7, we saw Peter took the right hand of the lame man, but the man still had to respond and take Peter's hand. He didn't just sit on the end of Peter's arm like a lump. So these people are responding to the healing. They are accepting it. It may seem odd to us that Paul knew that this man had faith, 
But throughout all of this, Paul is given regular, clear direction about everything from where to travel, who to travel with, and when it was okay to declare someone blind, as he did in Acts 13.11 with the guy Bar-Jesus, also called Elimus the sorcerer. Yet even here, we see that a miracle does not necessarily result in people acknowledging the true God. These people believed in such spiritual powers, but were all too ready to attribute them to their demonic idols. Even with Paul and Barnabas running around tearing their clothes and yelling out explanations, the people were being carried away by the passion for their false gods. But like the angels, Paul and Barnabas were emphatic that none of the glory belonged to them. Paul and Barnabas declared they were just men, just like the other people. In verse 15, Paul uses creation to describe God, a summary of Genesis 1. It's even in the basic order if you go back and look at the verses in the first chapter of Genesis. And then he, Paul, refers to all the rain and produce that was a witness to them of God to point them to Yahweh, the living true God. Paul is using this to persuade them to accept the gospel. He's not just saying, yeah, you weren't chosen for knowing God, but at least he gave you rain. Sometime soon after this, apparently, the unbelieving Jews from Antioch and Iconium showed up to try and kill Barnabas and Paul again, and they thought they succeeded with Paul. Luke is so casual in the telling of it. Paul just got up and walked back into the city. No one could kill him before he had completed the work God wanted him to do. Death and life are in God's hands. And can you imagine the new believers, the disciples who were around him in verse 20? But Luke is doing some very factual journalism again here. There's nothing about their reaction. There's nothing about how Paul felt or reacted, just that he and Barnabas get right back to business. But then not long after going back into the city, they head to Derby. Then they circle back around. It seems likely that news of Paul's miraculous recovery after being stoned got around, since the cities were all so close together. That would make his words about afflictions have greater impact. So all these people, they saw miracles, which is one type of sign and encouragement. But then they saw the apostles endure affliction. Yeah, Paul got healed, but he also had to endure the stoning, and apparently it impacted him enough that he's laying on the ground until he is miraculously revived. So hearing about him enduring this affliction would also strengthen them. Then we have this word appointed again. And again, it indicates recognizing those who were prepared, predisposed to fulfill this role. According to Strong's, it can imply voting or consensus or general approbation by stretching forth of the hand to indicate what you think. So Paul and Barnabas are not taking over and saying, you do what we say here, but they are helping to establish who should be looked to for guidance and wisdom, not who is ruling over the others. Now, these are relatively new believers, but recognize that this is them going back through after the church has been left on their own a little bit in each of these places. So there's already been some time to see who is showing some maturity and wisdom. And the section ends with Paul and Barnabas returning to Antioch, the Antioch from which they were sent out. Now here, notice that it is not either Jerusalem or Rome. 
Antioch is where they had been fellowshipping, and it was to the prophets and teachers at Antioch that God gave direction for Paul and Barnabas, and they didn't check with any other apostles. And then they gave a report showing that the gospel was now going out to all the nations. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 